This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 596, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Second thought of the 
Moonlight Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 596. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hey, Connor. How you doing? I'm back. And Josh Flanagan is serving a three-month stint up at Lewisburg. Oh, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't avoid it this time. It was those contempt charges. Wish him luck, because he is not made for prison. No, he he's not he's not in the uh, he's not in the uh, lo- steak and lobster suite at all either. He's, <laughs> no, in gen, no. he's in he's in Gen Pop. He is not built for that life. So <laughs> we'll see what happens when he gets back. We are I fanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite. Call it the pick of the week. We talk about that book. Other books from the week. The patron pick. Some dumb superpowers and maybe some listener mail. It'll be fun. It's a fun old time. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers. Exercise some caution. And before, Ron, you talk about your pick, a quick correction from last week. Oh. Uh, we talked about Robotech, number one. Yes. Because the uh, original press info we had on it was that it came out last week. Unfortunately, it came out this week. They must have gotten bumped a week oh. after the, we, got, we got the press info. So, Interesting. Sorry. If you're, if you're tuning in hoping we talk about Robotech, listen to last week's show. That's where we talked about it. Interesting. All right, then. Yeah. So I, did not, I did not. I did not read. I did not read Robotech last week or this week. Although it's funny because it's very similar to your pick. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. But yeah, so uh, so I'm back after a week off last week. Thanks for covering the show. Um, you guys had a good time. Um, yes, I did. I'm glad I was found. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so this week I I, I, get, I get back to the iFanboy office and on Monday Connor drops a stack of papers on my desk and the top one is you've got the pick this week. Like, all right. So I go and I and I, I do my whole kind of thing and on and Wednesday Wednesday morning I look at my stack of books that I pulled and it's the usual suspects, you know, a lot of a lot, you know, a lot of you know, there isn't a lot going on in the world of comics these days that has got me terribly terribly excited. Um, right. and so with each week kind of personally for me, what I've been doing is I'm like, all right, well, let me go outside my comfort zone. What, what's, what are people talking about? What's, what's at the other publishers? What's all this sort of stuff? And boy, this week, am I glad I did because the last book I read was one I took a, I took a chance on, uh, mech cadet U number one from boom studios. And I was aware of it. I saw a lot of people talking about it this week cause it's written by Greg pack, uh, with right. art by Takeshi Miyazawa. Um, and, uh, Greg Pak, uh, Pak, I think I'm mispronouncing that. Greg Pak, uh, I think he's a great guy. I don't think we, I don't think we give him his due enough. Um, well, we, we, we've talked about him quite well, a bit have, in the last we couple have, of years. But, I mean, but just in general, like, so I follow him on Twitter, and he's really just like about positivity and getting stuff right. done and doing stuff, and he like he supports other people's books and things like that. And the thing is, I think he works on he he works on a lot of comics, and. Wait, 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 wait! Please don't build them up too high because we got to talk about generations next. No, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, let's let's let's, get, let's, let's yeah, all right, let's, let's don't put them on a huge, well, on no, a huge but, pedestal. But what I was gonna say is that he, he works on a lot of books that unfortunately I just don't read, right? So he's yeah, been, yeah. He, you know, he's, he's a Hulk guy. He's a Hulk guy. He's been a Hulk guy for a long time. He's been doing totally awesome Hulk. He had that book at Dark Horse that I loved the first issue and then kind of trailed off on that Western one, the Kingsway East or Kingsway West or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so I kind of trailed off on that, but I feel like he's got a lot of great ideas and all this sort of stuff. Um, so I, I generally have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of respect for Greg Pak. Let's, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. Um, so when I saw Mech Cadet U, I was like, oh, all right, now let me check this out. Now, parallel to this, about a week or two ago, a friend of mine asked me, he said, hey, uh, my daughter's going off uh, summer camp, and I need to I need to stack her up with some books to take with her. Do you have any? She's into anime and manga and things like that. Do you have any graphic novels I should I should pass along to her? And at first I said Death Note because I think like all the kids love that, right? Um, <laughs> but but then I was like, oh no no, dude dude dude, you should get give her Pluto. Right. And and I was like, and then when she's done reading it, you should read it because I'm reminded that Pluto was one of the best things ever. 
And so I kind of had big Japanese robots on, on my mind. Right. <laughs> so it's funny that Mech Cadet U would come across um, because I get a lot of uh, Pluto like feeling from this book. Um, well, it's 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 an all age. I mean, it's definitely all ages. Definitely all ages. Correct. Um, yep. What's funny is you you made the pick. You sent the email. My reaction was, oh because not another book. You know, <laughs> not another because you know. I, the worst thing that happens in the show is when the, the take a week person monologues. Right. And it's worse when it's just two of us. Like with three of us, somebody would usually chime in with something, but it was just two of us. It's harder. So I was like, I'll read it. Right. And I, that, that's why, that, that's why I wanted you, I told you what the pick was because I wanted you to read it because I wanted to talk about it. And so I, I looked at it. I was like, Oh, whoa, look at the art. So yeah, yeah. It, um, I was immediately not as Annoyed having to read another book when I yeah. thought I was done reading books, but just just in the cover alone, it's a terrific cover. Great cover. So basically, real long story short, this is a world where uh, big robots from space come down, and uh, <laughs> they don't know why, but basically they come down and they pick a human uh, to be a driver, like they adopt a human to work with them, and these robots now work with the government. Um, and they use it to protect the Earth from monsters and things like that. And the Sky Corps are the ones that carry on their legacy and that are training um, uh, pilots. The Sky Corps. Sky Corps. Sky Corps Academy. Corps. Sky Corps. Um, and so that that sets the stage, right? So the Sky Corps Academy is training future pilots of these robots, and we get introduced to Stanford, who's a little kid who's also a janitor. Yes, so, apparently. Apparently yeah. labor laws outlawed in Arizona in the future. Yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, it's okay. Um, and he's speaking Cantonese, so he's Chinese. So there's, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great uh, representation and diversity in this book. Of course, you expect that from Greg Bach. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of a very Star Trekian world. I, I, make this, I make the comparison to Pluto purely in that there are big robots involved, but also, like, they're just accepted in the world. Um, right. But Pluto is a much more mature like adult kind of refined kind of thing. Well, you, like you mentioned, this is kind of all agency. This book is very bright. Um, the coloring by uh, Triona Farrell is very kind of like, it's very uh, anime, you know, kind of like that. Kind of, I feel like it's like that good, you know, kind of like mix. We got some speed lines and things like that, but it definitely is very colorful. Um, and basically, so a new crop of robots land, they pick a couple of drivers, um, and then they fly off, and then uh, Stanford is bicycling away from it, and he's all depressed, and then a, uh, a, a sad little, little broken robot appears, and one of his panels fall, fell off, and Stanford helps him with it, and then the robot kneels down and picks Stanford up, and he's chosen Stanford, so Stanford's gotten his wish. Uh, well, so there's three robots that come down every four years, yep. and uh, the general in charge of the program has... has set up his daughter to be one of the pilots. Yep. And so, but only two robots come down and no, nobody picks the daughter. No, the, ro the robots choose their driver. The, no, yep. the robots don't choose the daughter. So she's, she's miffed. She's kind of awful. He's miffed. He's probably kind of awful. And so this, this, this is the third robot that was supposed to come down and picks Stanford, who is a lowly janitor to, yep. to give him. And he gets, he gets guffed from uh, the other robot security forces until the original robot pilot shows up to back S him up. Skip Tanaka. Which is great. With a badass scar on his face um, yeah, and a yeah. really awesome robot. Let's see the shot from below of his robot standing there with his with his uh, fists on his, you know, yeah. in the Superman pose is a great panel. Yep. Um, and so then the big reveal at the end is that the, the General Panak, uh, General Park, is it General or Admiral? I don't know. Either way. Uh, big, big Boss Man Park is going to give his daughter the very first American human-made 
uh, human mech. made, human controlled, hero force one. So, so she's so that's the uh, conflict right now. Yeah. But uh, I mean, if, if anything, first of all, also the the giant robot probably gave uh, Stanford cancer when he scanned him. But um, <laughs> uh, it felt a little short. You know, like we talked about, some of the image books feel like a half of an issue. This kind of felt like half of an issue, but um, the art was so great and the characters are appealing. um, And the setup is interesting that I didn't really mind other than the fact that I wanted to read more. So that's a good thing. Well, yeah, it's funny because this this really did feel like – you're you're right. It did feel short because I almost felt like it should be a little thick paperback. You right. know, similar to Pluto or other ad- uh, manga or that sort of thing, where it feels like this is more of a story and it's being released in you know kind of single issue format as Boom is often uh, often does. Um, but yeah, but it was a great first start. It definitely it, it put the I mean it, for a first issue, it told me what was going on in the world. It set the stage with the characters. It had something happen to 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 make me get invested in it and Stanford getting his robot right, and then ended with a little bit of a oh, a little bit of a twist, right? right? And so right. like that that checks off all the things for our first issue. And on top of that, um, uh, Takeshi Miyazawa, I guess previously worked on Captain Marvel, um, yeah. But great art style. I mean, Miss Marvel, yeah, uh, Miss Marvel, right? Um, right. Great art style, perfect for this book, as you can imagine. You know, having you know like you know an a a Asian artist drawing in that style, you know, has kind of come second. Nature, but like his robot designs are great. Um, I'm assuming it's he, he's a, it's a he, uh, Takeshi, Takeshi, Takeshi. Um, but uh, robot designs are great. I thought you know like again it was done in a simplistic, simple kind of panel based you know kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't go didn't wasn't too challenging, but I think that's good for the all ages aspect of it. And this was just like a big burst of sunshine and like you know like excitement in my week of comics. And so uh, it, it really it really grabbed me. So I, I after I, I believe. I told you, uh, you know, about halfway through the day, I'm like, I'm mulling, I'm mulling, and then after, <laughs> then then I, then at the end of the day, I was like, you know, it's that one, it's 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 Mech Cadet U. So I'm excited for the series. I want to see where it goes. Like I said, I definitely get a Pluto vibe, but a more all ages Pluto vibe. Um, and who doesn't love big robots? This feels like it could be a cartoon, right? Oh, totally. The, the, the robots are all primary colored. There's the red robot, the green robot, the blue robot. So it's kind of like Voltroni kind of. Uh, you know, any of you, pick pick your mech robot cartoon. Um, you know, Rob boom. Tech. It's it's not unknown that boom. One of the things they do is they develop these things for for other media. So this is the perfect kind of. Uh, this is actually a perfect cartoon pitch. Yeah, this is this is a, this is a great cartoon pitch. I would really be into it. So, um, but uh, great. I mean, look, look, it's an all ages book, but it's terrific. If you got kids who, who like big robots or 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 manga, you know. If you're always wondering what comics can I share with my kids, this is one you can definitely do that with. Yeah. So, um, so as you mentioned at the beginning of that, um, kind of a yin and a yang week for Mr. Greg Pak, <laughs> uh, because I don't know that this is his fault. I don't think this is his fault either, because the the book itself was fine. Um, right. But what we're talking about is uh, depends on where you read it. Um, either <laughs> Generations, the strongest number one, or Generations, Banner Hulk, and Totally Awesome Hulk number one. Uh, and this is the first book in Marvel's Generations Legacy event. And before we talk about the, this actual book, right. I had a moment where I went back because I was out last week. I'm like, did I miss a book? Right. Did I miss right. like what? Like what is this? That that's my that's what I kept saying to myself. Like again, the book is the book is fine, but like <laughs> yeah, the book is fine. First of all, there's there's too many subtitles. So first of all, you're already c- confusing everybody. But right. um. I don't know what this is. And is it an event? 
if so, there should be a first book that says what was happening here because the story is, and it's Greg Pak and it's Matteo Bufagni. Yep. Uh, sorry, the book is very far away from me. Um, Matteo Bufagni. 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 Uh, where yeah. really awesome Hulk is out there and suddenly he comes across. Oh, he finds himself. He he's he's in some strange world. Is that what it says? Well, I, I the setting. There's no setting. Right. That's the thing. The second I was in DC, now I'm in the sand in the desert. Um, right. It doesn't. He, exp- it doesn't explain how. So basically, from what I could understand, is that uh, Amadeus Cho, totally awesome Hulk, has traveled back in time to interact with Banner Hulk back in like the Silver Age, right? Or you know, in the in the in the, in the early we, days. Yeah, the, the the early days, the '60s or whatever. And it literally just starts with him saying, "A second ago, I was in Washington D.C., but now, what the heck?" And then you see the Hulk fighting the army like in the early days of the Hulk. And it never right. explains how he got there or at the end of the book how he leaves. And well, what he said. And he said, he said, last I was in um, Washington, D.C. So I'm like, oh, is this Secret Empire tied in? So I went and read last week's Secret Empire again. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, and right. there's just no establishment of what the premise is. No, it's very, it's, it was very confusing. Um, uh, I mean, it was a great issue if you if you just strip away all that. I, I liked uh, Bufagni's the way he draws the Hulks is terrific with these yeah. thick Lou Ferrigno eye eyebrows. Well, he, which I don't well, think well, I've well, ever well, seen well, on the Hulk before. Well, well, it's great. Also, well, no, they had the big eyebrows. They, they he had the big eyebrows back in the day. Um, but not the, like not like this bushy. This is like uh, no. I, I this this looked like you know this looked like Bill Mantlo Hulk. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um. Uh, what what I picked up on this was that you've got totally awesome Hulk and I guess what they're calling Banner Hulk, who I'm sorry, Hulk. It's the Hulk. Yes, it's just the Hulk. You could have just said the Hulk and it would be fine. But um, they, he's able to differentiate. I could look at one. I know exactly who which one it is. Which for, yeah, that's also um, Dono Sanchez Almara. The color's yeah. slightly different too. It would be, I had different. no problem telling who was who. Yeah. Yeah, the color's slightly different. Amadeus has different hair, and um, and also the, he's got the wrist thing, and their pants are different. But like, but still, but like the fact that they're two big green guys that could have been that could have been screwed up pretty easily. Right. So, I mean, I just I, I just don't know what well, I don't know what's going on. I don't I I don't know other other than to throw the legacy fan, fan character fans a bone here and be like, hey, here's Banner Hulk again, even though he's dead. Um, I don't know what the point, what this is, what the point of it. I, there should have been in the first issue, there should have been some explanation of what I'm, what I'm reading and what, what is, what's it all leading to. Right. I know there's, there's a Jason Aaron, Isad Ribic book. Is it called generations? Um, there's some, there's some book that they're doing. That's sort of like the, yeah, the they're, doing, of, they're doing the mightiest, right? Isn't it, isn't the whole, like they're doing the, the, the Thor book. I thought they're also doing like the, like a miniseries called generations oh wait i guess hang on i pulled up the it, it got so bad that i pulled up the um the wikipedia uh entry on it because i was like what is going on <laughs> it's um, fun no, 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 pack writes hulk well and the art's really good i mean this is oh no that's, you're, you're thinking of legacy so the legacy, the legacy legacy is the yeah so the the legacy book is the one that he is doing. Hang on, I'll pull that up. So, Generations is a ten issue, ten issue maxi series or anthology series of all these little one shots with the different um, with the different teams, right? right? And then um, Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic are doing Marvel Legacy number one. So. <sighs> 
but the My, thing is, Marvel has no idea what they're doing right now. No, I mean, like, give me Generations number one, or give me like, right. uh, give me, give me a book that's got Iron Man, Spider Man, Captain Marvel, Thor, Hawkeye, Hulk, Phoenix, Wolverine, Captain Marvel again. And Captain America, and like, and all their their counterparts, and have it go to each one to sh- to watch them get plucked out of time. Do it like Secret War, like right. not the, or it's the original Secret War, right? Give right. me some stage for it to be set on instead of I'm so confused at this. So yeah, I don't know. But I feel like it takes away from what is actually a fine a fine comic book, a fine Hulk book. It's just Hulk in the desert, you know. <laughs> so I would have probably put a small not a big amount of a small, small amount of money that jessica jones number 11 was going to be pick of the week it was it was the runner-up that's for sure um this was i mean this book has been fun it's not quite as great as the original it's a bit like if like jessica jones the original series alias was like a 10 and then a regular marvel book was like a, a one i'm not using the electro scale for this one uh right. this is like this is like a six or seven in terms of you know, the language and the adult situation. It's like, it's kind I mean, there's cursing, but it's not, it's kind of like PG-13 cursing. It's mature, yeah. Right. It's kind of like a little bit Marvel watered down Jessica Jones, but it's still really fun. The original team is still really great, but it was the Javier Polito drawn. Yep. Uh, Jessica, um, no, Maria Hill, you know, old school sixties story. The whitewashing of Marvel history, giving us a 1960s Maria Hill story that didn't exist before. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> A brief glimpse, uh, kind of a glimpse of his nose and mouth of of old Nick Fury, who yep. they just just wiped off the map. Yep. And uh, but this uh, the the device of it was great. No, I thought you know, the, I, th- I thought the I th- I even thought the Michael Gatiss, uh, Maria Hill, Jessica Jones uh, meeting and like Jessica insisting Maria pee in a cup in front of her because LMDs can't pee and like like that was like that this felt like old Bendis and has con- and this whole series has continued to feel like old Bendis and then like that was already strong of Maria Hill and Jessica Jones trying to navigate whatever mess that they're in and right. then and then and then providing the, you know a, a MacGuffin of this file that Jessica got her hands on and then giving us the background of this file still not revealing what's in it but um with the, with the throwback by Javier Polito is is was just great I mean, it was like literally. This was this was going to be pick of the week if I didn't go at Mecca you. And uh, I like how it occurred on page, so it wasn't like, like the flashback was its own thing. Like in the halfway through the page, it would, it goes from Gatos to Polito art. And yeah. You're like, what? And yeah. then, uh, and then the, then the cliffhanger is that Maria is this is a super secret file. And Maria Hill says to Jessica Jones, "Did you read this?" And she says, "Yep." And she shoots <laughs> Jessica Jones. Who I, has super strength, so I assume. It'll yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's a cl- you know comic cliffhanger, and then the next right. issue is going to open up with Jessica going, "Ow, that hurts!" and like that's right. it. <laughs> but but uh, this was great. This has been a nice surprise. This book. Yeah, no, it really has. I mean, like I said, it feels. I mean, it feels like old Bendis, and and that's yeah. been really good. And and this was actually a really strong week for Bendis because probably the third runner up was uh, or second. What is the se- the one the second book, runner up? Second runner up. The book that came in third uh, would have been Spider Man number nineteen. Uh, which is Bendis doing Miles Morales and with art by Oscar Basladua. Um, and, you know, while this this issue was the patented Bendis conversation issue, like there's not a, there's nary a fight, barely any costumes going on, right? It's right. it's kind of dealing with the aftermath of everything that's been going on. Miles Morales is, is he's got broken ribs from the whole, the whole, the, the fight in the last issue and his mother has found out and is, is, and just dealing with all the ramifications. 
And a lot of this focused on Ganky and Miles having conversations. Sadly, Gold Balls has left us. He just left in the middle of the night, which is unfortunate. <laughs> considering we just got a Gold Balls logo in the word balloon in the last issue. But um, uh, the the Ganky Miles conversations were startlingly, refreshingly modern and really interesting. And in that Ganky kind of comes to the conclusion to Miles, going, "Why are you even Spider Man?" Right, like you're, you're not, yeah. you're you're not Peter Parker. You're not like you. And Miles is like, well, I got bit by a spider. He's like, yeah, but what if there was no Spider Man? Why would what would you be then? Like, and it was a really kind of like a a deconstruction of what it what Miles has been doing and why he's doing it. And from a bunch of teenagers, I mean, I know it's Bendis writing it, but the idea, like, it was just like really like really good dialogue and really good conversation. And I found myself kind of really drawn into it. And also the idea that, you know, we're not really friends. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, when's the last time we just did something that friends do? Played video games, went to a movie, hung out. Like, right. you know, you, your life is not exactly what you think it is, Miles Morales. And it was, it was a very strong issue. Yeah, I mean, like, really, really strong. Um, and, and, and then all the while you had behind the scenes of Genki texting some girl, which is great, and then the girl that likes Miles trying to text him, and then you had the middle of the issue with Miles' parents trying to have a, you know, trying to recon- reconcile what's going on with them. Um, but yeah, this was just, this was like, talk about character work. This was like great, great character work. And then of course, yep. set, setting up the, you know, setting up the eventual conflict with, um, what's his face, the guy with the big forehead? Uh, Hammerhead. Hammerhead, yeah, which is a great character as well, too. Um, but yeah, no, this is this just like a strong issue where like nothing happened, but so much happened. <laughs> so you guys, you and Josh have been big uh, Moon Knight yeah. fans mostly because of Greg Smallwood. Yep. And so Greg Smallwood has shown up in all the new Guardians of the Galaxy, number yep. seven, as a guest artist. Yeah, and so not only not only did Greg Smallwood show up and 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 if you ask me, I think kill it. I, yeah. I think he's great. Uh, this is this, this is I, I I'll give I'll give our friends over at Eleven O'clock Comics credit. They they uh, I believe it was Jason Wood who turned me on to Greg Smallwood a few years ago, and I was like, this guy's gonna be this guy's gonna be great. And he was right. He's been at every turn. Greg Smallwood has really really impressed. Um, but the, so the art was really really strong in Guardians of the Galaxy, and this issue focuses on. Drax and Gamora and Dra- and I guess something happened to Drax that I missed at somewhere along the lines. But now you know and and you know Gamora points out to Drax that he seems different ever since they left Earth. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. And so then Drax tells the tale of of he stepped away and went to go kill things and ended up uh, it all going wrong. And now he's taken a vow not to kill anything. Um, which it, it was a really good another really good strong Jerry Duggan. I guess we're in kind of like the single character exploration issues of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Um, yeah, because we had that Star Lord one last issue, and so. Yep. But um, but the big reveal is that uh, Drax is truly content when he's playing saxophone. So is that a thing from before? Nope. Don't know where that <laughs> okay. came from. I mean, it might be. I mean, basically, what basically where that came from was that. Gamora, Gamora, Gamora was trapped in the Soul Gem for a while with Adam Warlock and all that sort of stuff. And in the in the Soul Gem was all of the Infinity Watch. And Drax was in there too. This is back in the '90s or whatever. And Drax, Drax now does not remember that. And right. in that, in in a very minor flashback, she's telling Drax that he was much much different in the Soul Gem. And it's just one <laughs> panel of the old Drax the Destroyer costume playing saxophone like Kenny G. 
Uh, not just playing. He's yeah, clearly rocking wildly. out. Yep. He's got the back bend going on. He's got the he's he's the sax is up in the air and yep. the in the classic anyone of our edge will recognize from any number of music videos in the eighties when the sax player finally got his solo. Yep. And just went berserk. And it, it was a great uh, panel. It really you really you saw that one panel and you knew exactly what what was going on, right? Like <laughs> um but so and so I saw that panel and I was like, What is that? Right? And then you read the rest <laughs> of the issue and the issue ends with Drax saying how, you know, he's not right now but it's at some point he will be and he looks forward to that and in his little kind of his closet on the ship he opens up a case and there's a saxophone and he smiles and then shuts it and just like, <laughs> if there's any team out there that's going to be completely open to someone like that having a saxophone uh, hobby it would totally be the guardians of the galaxy oh yeah no it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense i mean they'll, they'll bust his balls about it but they're also going to enjoy the sweet sounds of the sax coming from the back of the ship <laughs> I just I just thought that was a was a really good a really good touch to kind of give some you know humanity to Drax. It was, and I really just I haven't I don't know if I've read any Greg Smallwood. I probably have, but I really like the texture to his art where it looks yeah, like no, if, you, pencil, if you go back you and can look see at those, pencil shading. Yeah, if you go back and look at those Moon Knight uh, issues, that, that's exactly what they're like. So. It's really I, I really like the, the the effect of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Isad Rivik where you can see the pencil where you can see the pencils. This is like you can see the pencil shading, and it's I don't know how they, how it's achieved, but it's it's very well. It's done. really nice. It's, yeah. it's it's not quite painterly, but it's it's got that kind of depth to it. Yeah, uh, this is a good looking book. Right, on. it still remains one of Marvel's best books. Yeah, no, I mean, it's Jerry Duggan's run on this has been really, really strong, and I'm glad that they're, you know, after being a little like I said back in May, I was like I was a little Guardians doubt. Like this is the right kind of pace for me, so. Um, I've stopped reading the solo books. Like, I just want just give me a little taste once a month or once every two weeks, <laughs> once every couple hours. <laughs> Let's take a quick break to tell you, the listener, how you can help iFanboy. First, the iFanboy T-shirt store at iFanboy.threadless.com. We have our new shirt, which we debuted to the patrons at the Patriot Hangout earlier this week. It's the Electro shirt, and we'll go. We're only going to tell you what that's what that's what it's called. You can only imagine what it looks like. The patrons know what it looks like. Listen, uh, listen. Anybody wearing the electro shirt is going to be able to rate their costume. That's for sure. <laughs> so uh, that's going to debut soon at the store. It's, it's right, going to be. I mean, it's going to be. It's live now. I mean, if you are listening to the show, you want to go to ifanboy.threadless.com and you can buy the electro shirt or get it printed on a duvet or a, a shower curtain or a iPhone case, whatever you want. Listen. You need to rate things. Everyone needs to rate things. And you can't. You, you can really do can't. You don't want to be left. You want to be in a situation where you're rating things in the wrong costume, in the wrong outfit. You want to be dressed <laughs> right. to rate. So. Right. So check it out at ifanboy.threadless.com. You can find it alongside our other four shirts, like two classics, the iFanboy and the Herm, and our two new designs, Pick of the Week Podcast and the Ratings shirt. And so we, this is our new first new design. We'll have more coming soon. Not soon, but more coming and uh, we'll have regular, you know, regularly adding new designs. Check that out. Also, ifanboy.com slash support. That's where you can find our Amazon link. That's where you can shop via Amazon. We get a little piece of your sale. It doesn't come out of your pocket. It comes out of Jeff Bezos's pocket. And uh, anyone who does that, we love you. If you make it your regular link, never think about it again. And uh, you, when you're doing your holiday shopping, you know, because it's only August. I'm sure I'm surprised I haven't started seeing Christmas commercials yet. But... <laughs> Uh, when you start doing your holiday shopping, please do it through fmy.com slash support. You can also find our direct donation via PayPal link for all exceptional billionaires. Finally, patreon.com slash ifanboy. We just had our patron-only hangout earlier in the week. We are doing our special shows because of the patrons. We unlocked the t-shirts because of the patrons. Everybody who's joined up there has made the ifanboy world a little bit better. And we thank all of you. We're a little bit l less than $400 away from our 
unlocking the week, the, the weekly, the monthly non-comics media podcast. So that's our next stretch goal. Um, check it out there at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Yes, and thanks, everybody, for your support. And I hope you enjoy the Electro shirt. Um, so X-Men Gold number nine uh, two quick comments about this Uh, Mark Guggenheim continuing to give us what we want whether it's good or not Um, and now it looks as if Kitty and Peter are getting back together or on the road to get back together Um, which when it happened in Astonishing X-Men under under Joss Whedon that was like oh my god now I'm like ah is Ken Lashley the new permanent artist? It sounds like it. It looks like it. I, w- I mean, nothing against Ken Lashley, but I just I'm not loving it. Um, the, oh, other, yeah. the, the only other thing I had, the only other note I had was this: was that last issue was the Secret Empire tie-in where Manhattan was all screwed up and all stuff like that, and now everything's fine. <laughs> I just don't. I don't love the art, um, and it does really feel like Guggenheim has like a checklist of all these old. Yep. Mar- I mean, not just it's not just Cyclops and Kitty. I mean, Cyclops. Uh, it's not just Colossus and Kitty, but also like Omega Reds in this issue. And yep. about, you know, it's just like he's dumping it all out of a bucket onto us. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, that, I believe that was the 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 um, the direction from editorial. It was that like, okay, let's give give them what they want, and they're doing that. You know, and and I, I don't I don't know. Did you guys mention it last week? But we so many of you corrected us after we talked about uh, Astonishing X Men by Charles Soule and Jim Chung uh, to point out that it is a different artist on every issue. So. Uh, Flame on. We'll see, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Our, our interest being that. Uh, Green Arrow 28, the hard travel and hero arc continues as Green Arrow teams up with a different hero every issue. Uh, and this was, this was interesting because he this is kind of a Superman team up, but also a Lex Luthor, like just a Metropolis issue. Um, well, I saw the cover and I thought it was Superman and Steel. Right. Because I looked, I looked at it only very quickly and just saw a bald-headed guy with Superman, you know, with, with like a metal Superman suit and a red cape. And then Superman, oh, steal Superman. And then it was Lex. I just hate this Lex Luthor uh, situation in yeah, DC, right? I know. But the, but I feel like we do like to call out when there are little moments of brilliance with Superman. And I found this there. Did you see the strip of panels along the bottom of the page when you got to Metropolis? Where, yes. And Green Arrow confronts Lex Luthor. And then along the bottom of the page is a sequence of Clark Kent walking through the street and like catching up a, a paint can from falling and then like helping somebody into a car and get is taking a knife from a robber and like all like the, the like the little like you know just him being superman but nobody knowing i thought that was done really well so. well it's very all-star superman yes very yeah uh very much a homage there but i, I thought ben percy actually read a really good superman yeah i like i like this issue you you've had some issue with his characterization of the other characters but he did okay on superman yes i did i all liked right. it Cool. He could he could take over Superman. I, I think Ben Percy is doing really well in this. I mean, this book twenty eight issues in, which is crazy because it feels like it came out, it started like a month ago. Um, but and now uh, he's going to Gotham next, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we'll be curious to see how it goes with Batman. But uh, but I've been liking Green Hour twenty eight. Um, Nick Fury number five. Uh, you you know one of the things I like in comics is ridiculousness, right? Yes, we, I think everyone knows that. Right, uh, Nick Fury number five uh, features a not a double page spread, but a quadruple page spread by by artist Akko and his inker Hugo Petrus, uh, who also penciled some of the art on this page. And in fact, there's a note encouraging you to buy two copies of the book and putting all four pages together horizontally to get the um, get the maximum impression from this. And it's just that's insanity. This this felt very much like a G.I. Joe issue. Yeah, like like yes. like he went to Springfield. So Nick Fury goes to uh, Nick Fury Jr. goes to have a vacation in a little small town. And I realize those are the same words, 
uh, somewhere quaint, and it turns out it's a town for assassins. Well, which is funny because my you thought G.I. Joe, I thought Deadly Class. Okay, but I thought because they said Springfield to me. The town is a school for assassins, uh, and that was see, the yeah. But yeah, but I mean, you know, same same idea, same same, you know. But but uh, uh, so Nick, Nick Fury has basically killed the entire town, which yeah, he does, which is fun. This um, this series goes for me like. One issue I really like, the next issue I, really, I don't. One issue, I really, the next issue I like, the next issue I don't. So yeah. it's up and down, but I like this issue a lot. Well, the art is great, and I just thought the four-page spread was just insa- insane. <laughs> it was so, insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of Black Bolt number four? Well, hey, I didn't realize I wanted this deep of a dive in uh, in uh, Crusher Creel's life, but but sure enough, that's what we got. <laughs> It was good. It was great. A great, great character study on Absorbing Man, like with Secret War references and like you know, like this, this book is is existing in Marvel history proper. And uh, I think the series has been awesome. I just really, I, I've liked every issue up to this point, and I like the idea that it's Black Bolt and Crusher Creel. So. It's a great pairing. It's unlikely you you forget that Crusher Creel and his old Wrecking Crew were like a major yep. force in Marvel in the eighties, and they had that little that that, that little shot of all their heads it very much reminded me of like the marvel uh role-playing game yes yep um uh, looks kind of like john byrne-esque what spider-man costume is that that christian ward drew because i've never seen that before well christian ward is a, is a he puts he puts a unique take on uh, the things he draws that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh this was i i thought this was great i, I really do like this team and uh the uh the, the twist at the end was interesting so we'll find yeah. out what happens but, I think I think this whole this whole adventure of Black Bolt in this in this bizarre cosmic prison um, has just been re- more interesting than I anticipated. I think Saladin Ahmed has got a real interesting angle on the on the approach of the character, um, and yeah, and I, I I love Christian Ward as an artist already. So it's uh it's it's nothing but good stuff. That full page of him talking about Titana is just great. This this was. More interesting than most of the New Gods, not New Gods, that's the next book. Most of the uh, uh, Inf- Inhumans books have been in the last couple of years. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of New Gods. Did you read New Gods Special Number One? Of course I read New Gods Special Number One. Are you crazy? I'm not going to miss I'm, I'm gonna miss something from Uncle Walt. This was terrific. This might have been my pick of the week if I had a pick of the week. I didn't really think too hard about what I would have picked, but this might have been it. Uh, this was a. One of the Jack Kirby celebration books that goes alongside um, the Commandy Challenge, yep. Commandy Challenge, Commandy. So this is a one-shot special about the New Gods, featuring two stories. The first by Shane Davis with art, and he wrote it and drew it. The second one written and drawn by Walt Simonson. And, uh, and what was great as, about and as well as an original Kirby backup. That's true. That's true. Yeah. A lost Kirby backup. Um, I, this is great, also because they didn't try to. Uh, redo the new guys in the new 52 style or whatever we're talk, calling it now. This is classic Kirby designs, um, you know, classic dark side look, classic uh, Light Ray and Orion, Calabac. I just, I, I thought this was great. Yeah. I love these, I love these new, the new guys characters. I know, I know you do. And, and, and I'll give a slight edge to the Walt Simonson story over the Shane Davis story purely because it's Walt Simonson with John Workman on letters, which is fantastic. But, um, but even, I, I actually, I actually really like Shane Davis and I thought he, his, uh, handling of this stuff was, was great. And it was, you know, like it had, I mean, he's very much a superhero artist. Yes. Right. Like I remember back to the the Superman graphic novel that he did with the Superman Earth One book that he did. Um, right. But uh, his depiction of these characters, you know, feel like a modern take on the Kirby stuff, and I just love the designs and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was in a, the tone was right. It just it, this was very very good. Yeah, yeah and um, 
as much as the you know the Walt Simonson art's the best art in the book, I really like the Orion story. It's a very interesting. He's an interesting character. The, the duality of him being Darkseid's son, the, way, the, the the fact that his face isn't his actual face, all that stuff's really yeah. really great about the character. Um, yeah. This was tons of fun to read. Yep. So cool. So those are the books that uh, we enjoyed this week. And then, of course, every week, as you mentioned earlier, supporting patrons, a perk of their patronage is that they can vote on a book for us to uh, to force us to read. Uh, and this week. Not only was it a runaway hit, but they didn't really need to force me to read it because I was already on my stack. Uh, the, <laughs> the patron pick was Elsewhere, number one, uh, written by Jay Ferber with art by Sumai Keskin, Keskin um, uh, published by Image Comics. And this book has been on my radar since it was announced. I'm a big Jay Ferber fan. I can't remember. I meant to look it up. I can't remember where I know Sumai from. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's uh, because I saw her art when I was working at Image or just somewhere along the lines, um, but I, but that's a name where I'm like, oh yeah, that that she's she's really good, um, and so I'm glad to see her working with uh, Jay Ferber. Um, yeah, I don't know why. Oh yeah, she. Oh, that's why she worked on Rise of the Magi. She was the inker on Rise of the Magi, that awful, awful book by Mark Silvestri <laughs> um, that Top Cow put out back in 2014. That's why I recognize the name. Um, but yeah, so this 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 book is uh, the premise is Amelia Earhart uh, did not crash; she landed in a strange fantasy world, or she disappeared. I mean, the yeah. the idea is that and if you read the the essay in the back, it tells you what the premise of the book is that people who have disappeared from Earth are actually on this other world. They've they've been zapped or whatever. It's sort of birthright meets reborn meets unsolved mysteries. Yeah, and. Uh, so you know we we are there's these these creatures who've escaped their this prison they're they're running away and they run smack dab into Amelia Earhart who's hanging from a tree with her parachute, um, and and she's looking Fred Noonan's nowhere to be found, I hope he shows up, um, he always gets the short shift in this mystery I mean he's, he, he does, just he really as, does he really does. he's just as he just as mysteriously disappeared as much as she did, um, but and nobody, then there's but a, nobody cares nobody really cares and then there's a big twist at the end do we want to reveal the twist. Yeah, I, mean, I think we should reveal. It. I mean, we we gave the spoiler warning earlier. If you yeah. don't want it to be, if you don't want to be spoiled, then stop. But uh, the twist at the end is she uh, she gets taken prisoner because she heard that there's a man already in prison, and she assumes it's Fred Noonan, uh, but it's none other than. Well, it, it's Dan Cooper. So I have to call. I mean, in the essay, he says, "Listen, if you're an Amelia Earhart or a DB Cooper nerd, you're gonna notice we took some liberties." Yes, they did take some liberties. He says, "Call me DB." And Dan Cooper never called himself DB Cooper. It was a mistake in the media. Yes, I'm a DB Cooper nerd. And so I was when I read that, I was like, "But no, he didn't call himself that." Yeah. So it was a mistake. It was a suspect named DB Cooper, and the media thought that was him, and that's what that says. That's the, that. Uh, so here's the thing. I'm a big, big Jay Ferber fan, and yeah. when I said that, I already said that once. And when I saw, I'm like Jay Ferber doing Amelia Earhart. Awesome. I'm in. This is great. And then I opened it up, and I was like, oh, fantasy. <laughs> yeah. And then I got to the end. I'm like, oh, DB Cooper. And maybe it's because we just read. I mean, not just read. It was a couple of years ago. But there was that DB Cooper series from Oni a few years ago. Right. Um, right. You know, so maybe it was that because I feel like I've already done DB Cooper, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't love this as much as I wanted to love it. I, I thought the art was great. I thought the the story. The, I mean, uh, craft wise, it's good. Yeah. You know. Um, Ron Jimmy Hoffa's showing up soon. Is he really? That's what he says in the notes. All right. Well, maybe maybe I can change my mind here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean the the. The concept is interesting. I don't know why I felt this weird 
twinge of like Amelia Earhart died horribly. No matter how she died, it was horrible. And so and they, 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 de- they debunked that recent photo, didn't no, they? No, but it doesn't matter either whether she drowned or she or, or died of dysentery, or died of impact, or yeah. was taken by the Japanese or whatever happened. It was a horrible way to go. Yeah. And I just feel weird about making her this, uh, the, you know, sort of trivializing it in a way. But I got over that because it was fun to read. But yeah. you're right. It, it does feel to me very like similar to birthright if you just did it with famous people. Instead yeah, it's of. like a historical birthright kind of thing. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I don't know. I, 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 the, the Amelia Earhart, like it was timely. There's all the stuff going on in it. They find that photo of her. Like, and I feel like they could have done something that was like really, really clever or interesting as opposed to what we got, you know? Um, but, you know, but like I said, craft wise, it was quality. It was good. So, uh, you know, I don't want to be too hard on it, but I definitely was, I definitely was more disappointed than I was excited. Wow. So ratings. Ratings, ratings. Ratings. I will give it a four. I'll give it a 3.5. Sticking with it? I might read the next issue. I'm going to stick with it for Jimmy Hoffa alone. <laughs> I, I, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna, I might give it another issue. Okay. Um, but if D.B. Cooper's running around calling himself D.B., then yeah. all bets might be off. Right. Uh, so there you go. There's your patron pick. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Become a patron at any level, and you can vote every Wednesday for the uh, for the patron pick. Cool. And now they've got a they've got a whole thing going on on Facebook at the patron pick Facebook group. It's a private group for patrons. Which which by the way, I don't even want to be in. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. Are you in it or? Yeah, as we discussed last week when you were on the show, we, we were monitoring it for subversive activity. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I don't want to be. I'm, I, I want to be. I want to be unsullied. I'm just we're just making sure that we don't have a Jeff Reed situation in there where well, that's there's for some sure. you gotta watch that. He, is, he, is, he is nothing but a troublemaker. That's for sure. Rabble rouser who, who who gets the crowd to pick strawberry shortcake or something like that. So yeah. we just that's what we're, we're monitoring it. We got our eyes a, on it. There was a book this week that that I thought would fare better in the patron picking because of him. Um, I thought for sure we were going to be reading Grumpy Cat Garfield. Uh, and to be honest, I'm a little disappointed that we're not that we didn't. So it only, it only got like two votes or something like that. I know. I thought there would have been more. I thought there would have been more. Yeah, all right, there you go. Uh, pay, speaking of patrons, every week we thank we thank a few people who become patrons at, at Patreon.com/ifanboy at the five dollar level, I believe. Yep. And by giving them what Josh does no longer wants to call dumb superpowers, but uh, I, I, I second that. I, I feel as if they can. They're, 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 I call them unique powers. Unique superpowers. Right. So let's thank a couple guys this week. Ron, take it away. All right. First up is Jeremy Risner. Mm-hmm. And we want to thank Jeremy for his support of iFanboy. And Jeremy knows where there's a carnival at all times. That's really interesting because mine is somewhat similar. Good. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Jeremy, like if you're out and he's just like, you know, two towns over, there's a fair going on. So how far does his knowledge go? His range goes, it's about, I want to say, 250 miles. So within 250 miles, if there's no carnival, he, he's like, I got nothing. I got, no, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. But as you travel the country, you're in Nebraska, and you know, like, I really want to go on the zipper. And he's like, well, funny you should mention that. Three towns over, they're having the, the, uh, the, the summer fair. So if he's flying from coast to coast, does it's he just, just start stealing it? Yeah, it's just like he can't get a, he can't get a rest on a flight. It's like, it's like <laughs> spider sense. <laughs> oh, that's good. So thank you, Chuck Penny. And Chuck always knows the best happy hour. Oh. So he can be like, listen, the very best happy hour in this town, it's over at Smith's, 
Chicken wings, half price, $2 beers. He always knows the best one. Okay. Not all of them. He knows instinctively what the best one is for whoever is whatever you're looking for. All right. Cool. Chuck uh, also has a drinking problem. <laughs> all right. And then uh, Douglas A. Scott is a pool shark. He can make any pool shot, a stick, a cue, and a ball. He can sink that eight ball in the corner. Wow. He's a master of ricochet. But only with a pool cue and a ball. Yes, correct. So not like he can't like bounce a batter. No, he can't, t- he can't take a he can't take a flagpole and a uh, and a wrecking ball and bounce it off the wall. No, no, it's got to be <laughs> it's just it's pool uh, snooker. He can do <laughs> snooker. Um, he's not Captain America. No, yeah, saying. exactly. No, but 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 if he were a superhero, he could carry around a bag of, of pool balls and a cue and make and and fuck some shit up. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, but does he have to? Get, but it requires a table too, though. No, no, no. It doesn't necessarily require a table. Although he might oh. have a square of felt, the rectangle of felt that he brings with him, just to just to be a little more comfortable. <laughs> like a tee, like a baseball tee. Yeah, like, exactly. He's like, hold on, I'll fight you, but I need to set up the table first. Yeah, one second. I gotta I gotta chalk up my stick first. <laughs> Thomas Tongue uh, lives in a bubble. We'll say ten feet, a ten foot radius bubble. It always features low and comfortable humidity. Oh, okay. So it doesn't matter where he is. He could be in the, the, the depths of Florida or New York in August, but yeah. he's always comfortable. So he can. Um, he does not need a humidifier or a dehumidifier either. It's just it's the perfect humidity level. It's always perfect. Wow, my congestion. Everybody, everybody my around him. My congestion. Sweating. Of <laughs> everybody in the subway in New York sweats, and he's oh, just. Can I he's, tell you? Can I tell you? The other day at the Forty Second Street and Brian, uh, uh, Brian Park Station, it was cons- like ten degrees hotter than uh, than topside. Well, that's you're lucky. It was only ten. I used to always be my work stop for many years. Although, I, although I do have to laugh because they put up these new uh, Link NYC, these like internet, uh, like you know, Wi-Fi spots on the streets now, yep. right? And and it's like every and my they just add them to my neighborhood. And there's like three on my block, right? And they've got these big TV screens, uh, and they give you like facts and ads, but they also started giving you weather uh, from NBC. And it, and in big letters it says current temperature 87 degrees. Feels like 94 degrees, and every time I walk by, I'm like, don't you tell me how I feel. <laughs> That's awful. It really is. It's been but bad. if you're Thomas Tongue, no problem. No problem. No problem. Whatsoever. I mean, he still feels the heat, just not the humidity. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not the heat. it's not the heat that'll get you, it's the humidity. Thanks to the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy, and if you want your own superpower, go there and join up today. Yes. So on to your questions. We'd love to hear from you, and you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com to get in on the action. Our first email comes from Jason in a direct response from last week. He says, after listening to the show, I have a wave of concern wash over me. Was Connor a former member of Heat? I guess you could say I've been thinking about this question since the mid-'90s. And now, Connor, it is time to fess up. What is your involvement in the organization called Heat? Wouldn't this turn into the HUAC? <laughs> exactly. Like- not the, it's not the HUAC. It's the heat act. <laughs> so, first of all, how does he know about me since the mid-90s? <laughs> uh, so, Heat, for anyone who's a child, was Hal's Emerald Action Team, which was formed in response to Kyle Rayner's initial appearance uh, supplanting Hal, uh, Hal Jordan as the primary Green Lantern in the comics. And no, I was not a member of Heat. I used to make fun of the, pe- the people of Heat, even if I shared their goals, which was to remove Kyle Rayner and re- replace him with Hal Jordan, well, which eventually say, happened anyway because it's comics. I would say one of the th- one of your most enjoyed pastimes is making fun of Heat, 
Which, I love making fun of people. Which, as I think about it, really casts a spotlight of suspicion <laughs> around you. Because what other way to distract your direct involvement with heat than to be critical and make fun of it? You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> you cannot prove or really disprove that I was ever a member of Heat. Well, I could contact the Heat guy. They, they, <laughs> they, had, they had some very uh, detailed uh, lists of, of members, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so now you're asking me to name names? Name names. Uh, wasn't Heat like two people? I think it was. <laughs> they really, but it's funny though because given the time period that it was in, right? Because like I always, I always, um, I associate Heat with another fan movement that happened in the late '90s that was centered around Disney World and the effort to keep Mr. Toad's Wild Ride from being removed from uh, Orlando. Right. right. And those were two of the earliest fan groups that I was aware of that organized and executed on the internet. I, I have. Super great news for you, Ron. You'll really like this. The original Heat website still exists. Oh, does it? <laughs> Build a free website on your own tripod. <laughs> it's uh, glheat.tripod.com. Oh, my God. How Mission is, tri- State- How is <laughs> tripod? Literally, tripod is around because <laughs> no one remembered to disconnect the server when they got sold. Who owns tripod now? Mission statement. As Green Lantern fans, it is our goal to encourage and advocate the return and exoneration of Hal Jordan as Green Lantern, the restoration of the Green Lantern legend, and the revival of the honorable Green Lantern Corps. Sign the GL Corps petition. Let's see what that's all about. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm probably going to get like... Oh, look at these frames. It's so many frames. Oh, God. I get it. Oh, there's a list of members on the website, Connor. Oh, is there? Perfect. Yeah, you'll, there you'll, is. Not, you'll not find my name on that list. I don't know. Let's find. Oh my God! There's so many pop-ups. Oh wow! Oh, wow! Wow! wow. It's like I definitely have a Russian virus now. <laughs> no, honey, I was looking at heat. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! There is a name on here that I recognize, <laughs> and that I believe is a listener to the show. Uh, under charter members, our good friend, yes. our good friend Brian is there. I don't want to yeah, name I... names, but Brian, you were in heat, weren't you? You were a well, according, according to this, so was Gil Kane and Julie Schwartz. I can't believe that's accurate. And Mike Allred, Edgar Busick, and Alex Ross. Oh, this is a good, well. They're the honor guard. They're the honorary members, right? Like that, that's that's them. That's that's the that's the members assigning. Oh, we're going to involve them to get legitimacy, right? Also, apparently, Parallax, which wasn't that was Hal Jordan. So he's he he's in his that's, own organization. That's just weird. <laughs> I can't believe that Brian's name is on here. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna see that my name is not there. Yeah, it is I not. Never, I was never a member of Heat. All right. Um, wow, that's so funny. I have to scrub my computer now. I know. Yeah, it's, it's it's I can't I can't close all these. All right, let's read an email. <laughs> Less accusatory. Steve from Chicago. I have a question for you guys as it relates to the ongoing discussion about the importance of writers and artists. Given the reviews every week. It seems like you'd all give the edge to the artist. A change in artist or bad art seems to be, have a much greater effect on the likability of a book, whether or not you'll stick with it, drop it. Also, it seems there are books that you're willing to just look at, i.e. Josh on Moon Knight, without really reading. If anything, it seems like the next important thing after the artist is the property or character itself, since you might continue reading Batman or X-Men or an event book like Secret Empire no matter what. So my question is this. Have there been books where you stuck with it on the quality of the writing on a scale of 1 to 10 where 1 is a few seconds and 10 is Electro? I've been thinking about this question for a glowing spider number of days. I have complete faith in your ability to answer the question. You got this. Well, first off, Steve from Chicago, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is Electro, right. 
So let's just get that clear. So one's always electro. One's uh, always electro. I would disagree with the premise a little bit because the most important thing I think for the last twenty years has been the writer. Right. No, but the but the thing is, is that, and I, I agree with you that the, the most important thing has been the writer. But I think that when we are making a decision as to whether to stick with a book or to jump off, a big a big factor is the art. Well, because it's a visual medium. We discussed this before, which is probably what Steve wrote in about because we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Is that it is a visual medium. So at the end of the day, you have to like what you're looking at. Right. Like so. So like there might be there might be a writer that I'm. I'm casually into, you know what I mean? There might be some, you know, somebody who who I enjoy his work and working with an artist who I can't stand, I'm not going to read the book. Right? There you know, there's a handful of writers that I I read everything they do, you know, or try to read, you know, read the majority of what they do. Bendis, Jason Aaron, of course, you know, like Grant Morrison, things like that, um regardless of the artist. Um, and there are artists who I try to read whatever they do. I guess there's so many different variables to this. But like to his point, he's like, you know, since you you might continue reading Batman or X Men or an event book no matter what, which is right. true. Like I'm going to read X Men. Like I'm not I'm not going to jump off of X Men because of Ken Lashley. I'm going to complain about it, but I'm not going to jump. Right. But if if I'm drawing X Men, right, you might have you might not no, be able but, to follow no, but, it. But no. But for, but furthermore, if you're reading X Men, you might jump because you don't like the art. Right, likewise with, right, with, yeah. with Batman. Like I'm not gonna, I, you know, I've been reading Batman because I've liked the whole art team, but you know, the moment Billy Tan gets in there, I'm out. You know, so right. You're right. There's there's a million combinations here, but for me, the most important factor is still the. Yeah, I don't even know if I could say that sentence, but I, th- I think yeah. he's I think he's discounting the fact that how the, the the importance we put on writers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, th- I don't know. I mean, I think it's we- a, it's a weird soup where yeah. the ingredients are always changing about what's the most important thing. Yeah, but in the day, you got to be able to eat the soup. Well, he says, given the reviews, you give an edge to the artist, not to the writer. Where I feel as if we do give an edge to the writer because well, we, we talk about story way more than art. Yeah, well, I'll read something because of a writer, and then I'll make the decision whether to go or not to go mainly off of the art. With few exceptions, you know what I mean? Like, so, majority of the time, most of these writers know what they're... Jeff Lemire knows what he's doing, you know? Like, very rarely I've been like, wow, that was a bad Jeff Lemire comic. It's going to be a bad book because he's paired with a bad Marvel artist or something like that, you know? Um, we, we also have the vernacular and the uh, vocabulary to talk about stories much more than we do with art. Yeah. So, no, we tend to talk not, about... I don't know. I would... I would uh, don't be too hard on, hard on us. I think... Well, honestly, I, more. Honestly, I just as, as loath as I am to give Josh a compliment, his skills in criticizing art and layout over the past couple of years are, have gotten progressively better. Um, right. You know, and, and to the point where I actually... I enjoy listening to him talk about it, which I, I can't believe <laughs> I just said. Don't tell him. He, don't yeah, worry. He's never, he's never ever going to listen to this He's not going to listen to this, so don't worry about it. Um, you know, <laughs> no and, one and, tell and, him. You know, and and I, I, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I think I think I have a certain eye that that I can judge and, and criticize and all that sort of stuff. You know, like I can I can evaluate art, you know, based off of you know the things. I think you do too. I think you've got you've got an amazing insight. Well, we've been doing this a long time, but yeah, exactly. I just yeah. hit my knee on the table, but uh, <laughs> I I it's a very complicated mix of factors, and uh, I can't think of any books that I've read solely for the quality of the writing. Which is back to the question. Um, I can't think of any. Yeah. We have we, we it's 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 a, it's a I keep I keep falling back on the word alchemy. It's a weird alchemy that comes. And to it's you. a visual medium at the end of the day, so it's yeah, got to at least. So. All right, we got time for one more email from Eric from Brooklyn, and on the topic of artists, he says you guys seem to lament the state of comic artists on every episode. It seems like there are quite a few artists who I think should be able to get work whenever they want it, but don't seem to be always working. And he lists some examples, surprise, you know, timely examples like Javier Pulido, Jai Lee, Doc Shaner, Nick Bradshaw, Chris Burnham, etc. 
Obviously, the big two have to shuffle artists a bit to keep things fresh, but it seems like there should be a project with Gary Frank or Marcos Martin planned at all times. Do you think that the big two are being cheap? Do readers not respond to artists as much anymore? Is it just that a bunch of better artists are getting wooed into other media? If so, what medium? Is it just slipping editorial standards? What's happening? Which I think those are all great questions, and it could be argued that the answer to all those questions is yes. But also, he's supposing that those artists want to work for the big two. Right. I mean, some, Tad Stones, the creator of Darkwing Duck, who's a sometimes a participant on the website and listener to the show. Great. Once great said all around, an all-around great guy. Yes. Yes. Super guy. Once said something very smart and devastating on the website in the comment section, which is basically comic fans have a hard time accepting the fact that they love these characters more than the creators do. Yes. <laughs> and and it may not it may be that Pablo Polito's dream is not to draw Daredevil. You know, Marcos Martin's very busy working with Brian K. Vaughn on creator on stuff. Right. Chris Burnham is very busy working with Grant Morrison on creator on stuff. Yep. You know, Gary, Gary Frank's well, been now, doing. Also, also DC stuff. Has been, I don't think he's done yeah, anything. They, they announced stuff. that at San Diego. Oh, that, yeah, but yes, but that's new, but he hasn't done that in a long, in a long no, time. No, but, but he might, have, he might have been working on it. That's the thing. So like, what, right. but the thing is that like yeah. quite often with artists, especially. And Gary Frank's been working on the Batman year, uh, yeah. earth one graphic novel series for the last five right. years. Right, yeah. So, like, a lot of these artists that you mentioned or that you might not have mentioned, sometimes they go away because they go in a hole because they got a gig that lets them draw a book over a long period of time that they're being paid for as they do it. So they're they're not as, you know, on the monthly grind, right? And I think that's kind of like the art. Like, Jerome Pena, great example. He finished up what he was doing at Marvel with Hickman. Then he went away for about a year or a year and a half, maybe two years. And when he came back, we got seven to eternity with Remender, right? So, right. I think that's, I think that's part of it is that, is that – you know, most of these guys have that one story they want to tell, that Batman or Spider-Man story. But then most of these guys want to make their own comics. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you really get down to it. But, but well, the, there's a lot of them who like working on the big two, but a lot of them, given the choice, would work on their own creations. But the, the, and 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 goddamn, and some of the names that you mentioned, I would love to see Nick Bradshaw back on the X Men. Like, oh my god, yeah. would I love that? And we we I think there's a weekly argument in the iFanboy uh, staff Slack about why Doc Shaner isn't drawing all the all the DC books. Right. Like he should be on Flash, he should be on Superman, you know. But anyway, um, I think to a certain degree, his question about the, are the big two being cheap? I think to a certain degree, yes. I think that, um, you know, I can't, I can't really speak to what's good, the inner workings of either co- publisher or what's going on with them, but, you know, the, the ability to keep the costs low on a book, especially when sales numbers are what they are, are very tempting. And yes, or imperative, or imperative. Yeah, and yes, we all know you got to spend money to make money, and you want to have a book sell really well. You got to get whatever. But in this marketplace, where books are selling lower than than they have been historically, and names aren't moving as many units as they used to, um, if you can get somebody who can bang out that book twice a month, and the art isn't isn't of the Chris Burnham or the Frank Quitely or the John Cassidy, well, I should use John Cassidy, uh, (laughs) you know, Frank Quitely level. And but it, you know but the the math works like that's why everybody's freaking out that Marvel doesn't have any books you know they they, they you know for the first time ever Marvel has you know like uh, you know like only one book above a hundred k or whatever right but if the economics on that book selling forty thousand are in their favor they don't give a shit right so. and it's you're right the answer to all these questions is yes some of them work in different mediums some of them it's some of it's like the, Fra- the big Francesco, two being Frances- cheap Francesco Francavia is constantly doing posters for Mondo and other th- you know what I mean like there, yeah. are, there are other places you know Jock too you know like there are other yeah. places where um, where they get work from so and guys do storyboarding and they do there's some really big name artists who you haven't seen them forever because they make a ton of money doing private commissions yep 
I mean, there's guys who make a huge living yeah. make just doing, just doing private commissions. Yeah, who, really wealthy fans. Yeah, they were, oh, they're one of our favorite artists. Uh, years ago, was we were like, why isn't he doing work? I don't, I don't mention his name, so I want to respect his privacy. But if you remember, Connor, um, yeah, yeah. we're like, oh my god, he's great. I wish he did more. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I just do private stuff and I get paid a ton. So. Yeah, so it's there's all kinds of things, yep. all kinds of reasons, and double shipping isn't certainly helping the state of art. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's, it, it's we're in a really weird time. Very weird. So, uh, but Truth. all good, all good questions. So yes. uh, if you have got a question, you can email us at contact@fanboy.com. Please let us know who you are, where you're from, how long you've been thinking about this. Uh, it's always great to hear from you. Keep in touch. Thanks. So we got a couple other shows happening. Right behind this show, we released the Batman, the Mask of the Phantasm podcast, where Paul Montgomery, Ryan Haupt, and I discussed the re-release, the remaster, the blue, the first Blu-ray of Batman, the Mask of the Phantasm, the Batman, the animated series film that was released in theaters in 1993. I remember that. Um, so check that out right behind this show on the feed and whatever podcast aggregator you use. All right. Um, and then coming up on the podcast side of things is August, which means that uh, while there's no new superhero or comic book movie coming out this month, we do get The Defenders on Netflix. Um, and hopefully the shorter episode count will allow us to watch it quicker and do a podcast about that. So that's going to be coming down the pike. I know I'm very I'm exci- so excited for that. I I'm can't so imagine. I'm so excited. Yeah. And, and I got two words for you, Connor, and you can guess them right now. Michael Coulter? Mike Coulter. That's all. I just <laughs> need a little more Mike Coulter in my life. Um, I, I can't imagine I won't watch that the first weekend. Talk That's about art. Guess. Talk about art. You know, you get mad when an artist disappears. When an actor disappears and you're waiting for the next thing, it can be an eternity, right? And I That's just want to see more of Mike Coulter, please. Um, so, yeah, so we got The Defenders coming in August. Uh, in September, we got Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which is the sequel to The Kingsman, um, which I saw the first Kingsman movie and I liked it. So, I, I, Connor, if you're up for it, I'm down for doing a podcast. But um, Possibly. Possibly. I just... Yeah, possibly. All right. Also in the possibly category, we were talking a bit about. I guess Atomic Blonde came out, and that's a yeah. Comic. That was another. We talked about that last week. It's an only book. We. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make the theater we'll for see. that one. We'll see. Uh, but then finally, in in the maybe category, I was talking about it since the spring. But uh, the Wilson is out on direct, uh, you know, on streaming and whatnot. And I've talked to a special guest about doing a show about. It. I'm hoping to get it done uh, this month, maybe in September. But it is coming. So Daniel Klaus fans, we're coming for you. That sounds like a threat. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> We're also going to have an, the the next animated show, Batman and Harley Quinn, comes out the end of August, and um, maybe we'll do one on the Star Trek show in Ooh, September. I'll do that. So lots of special edition shows. And then in November, we have Thor and Justice League, so it's going to be very busy. Very busy. Very exciting. Next four months, it's going to be a lot of special shows. Also, the next four months, episode 600, which next, is... Uh, next four weeks. Yes, episode 600 is the next four weeks. It'll air on September 3rd, but we'll be doing an all-media live show, most likely September 1st. We haven't actually talked about that yet. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Labor Day weekend if you're in America, holiday weekend, 600th episode. We're going to have some special guests. We're going to read emails. We're going to toast to 600 episodes. Jeez. If you want to get your e- email on the show, email at contact.ifanboy.com. Put 600 in the subject line, and we'll, we'll gather all those, plus some old ones we haven't gotten to we'll we'll do a whole bunch uh of shows and maybe we'll hang out afterwards i don't know it's a big it's a big milestone we haven't had one of these since uh god since i lived in new york so since 500 right uh, two years oh were you were oh. you no you were in la for 500 was i yeah you were you it was 400 were. It was 400 we did yeah. in uh in uh in bergen street was it yeah. or 300 yeah i don't know god i don't know either Either way, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Get involved. Episode 600 emails uh, start sending them our way. Yep. 
And uh, if you're watching Twin Peaks on Showtime, go check out my other podcast, Damn Fine Podcast, at damnfinepodcast.com. Uh, past couple of, past couple of weeks, we've had Rick Remender on as a guest. We've had Gabriel Hardman. We've had uh, Bria Grant last week. And this this week, our guest is Karina Becko, uh, Gabriel Hardman's wife, and also co-writer on Invisible Republic, and also a David Lynch fan. So uh, please go to damnfinepodcast.com, subscribe there, check it all out. And that show wraps up the same weekend as episode 600. Thank God. Although the fans are asking that we do a rewatch and then do ep- rewatch episodes for all of season three. Which I, I almost think- I started to explain that last week while you were on the show and I got about three words in and I went, nope, too complicated. <laughs> I, I'll let Ron deal with that. It's painful. Anyway, I don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. But yeah, so. All right, so check that out. Uh, head over to fanboy.com. We'll find all of our other podcasts. You'll find the Batman Mask of the Phantasm podcast. You'll find all of our special edition shows over there. You can like ifanboy.com I'm sorry facebook.com slash ifanboy and follow us on twitter at ifanboy where you can find out what the pick is before the show comes out and you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan at Ron XO on twitter and instagram and at CSGO Patrick on instagram yes and finally if you like the show please let other people know tell your friends tell your comic book store tell anybody who's into it about ifanboy please help spread the word uh, we appreciate everybody who does that and of course you can go to iTunes and leave a ratings and a review and to whomever left that review on iTunes man you made waking up the next day hard <laughs> you know you know who you are but uh wow that's all i gotta say bravo my friend bravo so um and and we can't let josh see that <laughs> Luck, luckily connor and i have strong constitutions so uh but it was a five-star review so that's great excellent the more creativity in the reviews on itunes the better please keep them coming uh all right so that's gonna wrap it up for this week until next time i'm ron i'm connor and josh is in prison Shout